Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hi, this is Jordan Moreno, and this is The Valley Now, your weekly feel-good hour where we lift each other up with the stories of good people doing good things in your neighborhood. Every week, we'll be talking with community leaders who have a unique passion for our thriving city and those that make the Valley such a special place to live. Get ready to be inspired by the work they're doing. Whether it's mentoring our youth, providing a platform for those without one, or just driving those worthy charitable causes. Listen in on the conversations and join us in raising our community. This is our time to shine, and this is The Valley Now. Art is an integral part of the Scottsdale experience, and I think what makes us one of the most unique towns in America. And much of that is because of the work of Scottsdale Arts, a conglomeration of a few organizations that you may have heard of the Canal Convergence, but this organization is so much more. And here to talk about it today is Dr. Gerd Westerman, President and CEO of Scottsdale Arts. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me on the program. Absolutely. Let's start with an introduction to you. Give me kind of your background and how you became the president and CEO of the organization. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, if the name uh, doesn't give it away or the accent, uh, <laughs> I did not grow up in Arizona. I'm originally from Germany. I grew up in a really small town, very old town. Like, you know, my the town goes back to the 900s. My family home was built in 1640. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in a very old environment uh, compared to especially Scottsdale, which I think incorporated as a city in 1951. So it's a very different world. I became uh, a musician very early in my life as a classical guitarist, started age five and started touring professionally when I was 12 or 13. And uh, it was a really good fortune that brought me around Europe to study and eventually uh, in 1991 uh, moved me to the United States. I did a postgraduate year in New York, my second master's in San Francisco, did my doctorate here in Arizona and discovered how much I love the desert and uh, then moved away to the south. I worked in Louisiana near New Orleans for a, a long time, first as a professor, then building an arts organization. And then eventually... Uh, almost five years ago, came back to Arizona to take on this job as president of Scottsdale Arts. Tell us, kind of spread the good word about Scottsdale Arts. Tell us more about the organization and some of the programs that you have. So, as I mentioned, I, I'm coming up on five years. March 18 will be my five-year anniversary. And of course, you know, two and a half of those five, so about half of it was during the pandemic. So it was an interesting, interesting experience. Um, okay. But I 
I took this job uh, very deliberately. I, I had, in my past career in Louisiana, taken over an, a little arts council, built an arts center that was also multidisciplinary, so performing arts, visual arts, and arts education. And uh, we grew it uh, tremendously over the course of, uh, I was there almost 10 years, and it was very successful in the end. And I felt like when I had maxed out, it was time for me to look for a bigger sandbox than my next adventure because I, I like to... Uh, grow things, right? I'm not a status quo guy so much. So uh, when Scottsdale Arts was advertised, I felt like it was perfect because it was deeply multidisciplinary. It, it covers every aspect of art and culture. And it was in Arizona, and I really love this place. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, fun fact, my last name, Bustamante, would translate in English as Desert Man. So I, I guess it was fate that I ended up <laughs> back here again. And so my wife and I, we had just gotten married uh, when I applied for this job. And then, you know, a couple months later, I was hired and we packed up and moved our life here. And what I uh, found was an organization with an incredibly long history and a very uh, deep set of roots here in our community, but also an organization that for the last you know, 15 or so years had been struggling a bit. We, we had lost our way a little bit. We were financially maybe not as sound as we should have been. Um, we needed to, in short, reinvent ourselves a bit. And then, of course, I saw this tremendous potential because it's it's Scottsdale. It's a beautiful city. It's a well-managed city. It's an affluent city. We're part of a big metro area, one of the bigger ones in the country. So I felt that there was tons of room for us to improve ourselves and then grow from there. And uh, that's been my agenda since I started. And, uh, and, and in essence, uh, on on my in my second month on this in this job, I in, laid out an ambitious vision that we are now really executing as we're moving forward. So it's been very exciting. What are some of those programs? Maybe first uh, I should describe Scottsdale Arts because we are we are a little bit more difficult to understand because we are a big organization and by budget and staff probably the largest arts nonprofit in the state. Mm -hmm. But we are made up of a lot of smaller parts. So um, by now we have grown to include six branches. There's of course first our, um, our oldest branch, the uh, Scottsdale Center for Performing Arts. Then there's Scottsdale Public Art, which goes back to uh, 1973 when we started, when we purchased a big uh, sculpture and developed this program. So 180 plus large scale sculptures across Scottsdale are included and every year we install more and more pieces. And when I say large scale, it includes the giant scrim walls on the uh, uh, Pima Freeway uh, heading north. It includes Solari Bridge, a pedestrian bridge on the waterfront. It includes these giant horse scuppers on Indian Bend and much, much more. Then there is uh, the Museum of Contemporary Art or SMOCA. It's a small but very fine museum, nationally accredited and uh, of some significance only focused on very contemporary work of living artists, uh, constantly rotating exhibits, etc. Then there's uh, one of our newest branches, Scottsdale Arts Learning and Innovation, which is everything education, outreach, uh, community related. We work with 10,000 plus kids in our school system every year um, to make sure everybody has access to arts experiences. We do uh, research studies on the impact of creativity on uh, people with Alzheimer's or dementia. We work with an uh, elderly population through prevention classes and movement programs and much, much more. Then, of course, you already mentioned Canal Convergence, our uh, fabulous um, hallmark uh, destination event every November, which uh, since I've been here, we grew from about 30,000 participants to about 300,000 participants this oh, year. Nice. Yeah. It was, uh, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary and it was just a fabulous event. And wow. then last but not least, our newest branch is Civic Center Live because we... Um, 
going back to the vision we laid out uh, when I started first, we wanted to build some outdoor stages to engage our community outside and uh, bring the arts to our community in a beautiful desert outdoor setting. So we just opened the first half of this new 14-acre campus with two st outdoor stages, and the main stage will open in just a couple of months. Uh, so that's still ahead of us. And um, Civic Center Life encompasses everything we'll be out doing out there from big music festivals to community events, uh, like the recent Indian Festival to big car shows and other arts exhibits and everything under the sun. We can put 15,000, 20,000 people on this campus. It's a really exciting new addition to us. It is. And, and I'm interested in learning more about that because I'd interviewed someone kind of in the middle of COVID and they were talking about, you know, kind of these renovations. Can you give us more, speak to that magnitude of the renovations that occurred? It, it looks totally different and it's beautiful, right? In the heart of Old Town. So when I arrived here, um, I, I was immediately struck by this beautiful civic center that, you know, where our offices are, my office overlooks the civic center and our facilities are all around this 14 acre stretch. And uh, it was lovely and somewhat bucolic and, 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 and really charming. But it was hard to discover and really underutilized. And so, so I brought some friends in that I worked with on building a number of uh, arts venues across the country over the last decade plus. And, uh, and we sort of envisioned some things together. And we said, you know, it's the desert where October through May, it's beautiful outside. And, and, and there's hardly ever a chance of rain out. So, uh, so building outdoor facilities would just make so much sense, right, to really engage right. people. And then we wanted to design it so that uh, they're not locked up spaces, but that these stage structures could just function as a shade pavilion for people to enjoy when they're not used as a stage for music or a festival or a performance of any sort. And so that's exactly what we did. Um, fast forward, this was, uh, we dreamed this up in summer of 2018. There had been lots of community conversation. The city had been talking about renovating Civic Center for probably 25 years at that point. And so fast forward a year later, we um, put a bond package together with the city of Scottsdale and included this. And the voters actually, um, in various uh, uh, um, outreach sessions, said that this Civic Center project will be the number one project on, on the priority list. So fast forward post-pandemic in 2021, this happens to be the first project uh, at about $34, $35 million that was built out of this bond package. So it's incredibly exciting. Our main stage can host big national touring companies, anything from Dancing Under the Stars to um, symphony orchestras or rock and roll shows. Uh, it's a full-fledged stage with sound and lights and everything built in permanently. And the other two stages are kind of a, we call it the 360. It's a circular design that encompasses and circles two historic banyan trees that become backdrop to the stages. And we can play in each direction, east and west. And uh, it's just a fabulous set of facilities. And as we can tell now, uh, in day-to-day -day life, people already start using these uh, facilities already as, as a respite spot, as a little spot to have a picnic or to sit. Uh, we have movable furniture that people move around into the shade and people enjoy themselves out there. So it seems to work on all levels. Oh yeah, I'm already thinking about looking up the calendar of like what can I go to? I don't I don't care what it is. I know that it's going to be amazing. I know it's going to be beautiful. Like I just got to get out there and see something, something there. Yeah, that's great. And and you know, down those lines. So uh, since we've been uh, first because of bridge repairs, then because of COVID and then because of construction, we have not been able to utilize this outdoor campus for the past 3 years or so. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited because finally we'll we'll be able to bring back what we used to be called Sunday Affairs. We now rebranded as Sun and Sounds. Okay. It's our free Sunday uh, um, events, mostly music uh, events. Uh, it's super um, family friendly. So we typically get four or five thousand people come out on picnic blankets and and set up with their families. It's a free event. We do I think five of them this spring. They start in early March. And uh, we're super excited to bring these back uh, Sundays from noon to four. There are always two bands playing back to back. And with these new facilities, I think it'll just be fantastic. I'm there. <laughs> I'll be looking for you. And my family, my four-year-old. You'll find him first. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And one of the big events that that you'll have there is your very own uh, fundraising event, the Outrageous Gala. Yeah. So uh, again, when I started here, we had a gala that had a long history and it had certainly evolved over the years. But again, it had become a little... Um, uh, dated and stale, perhaps, as things tend to tend to go. So we started in 2019, the last year before the pandemic. Uh, the gala always was in the beginning of December, so it had to be inside because of weather. And um, we uh, we started evolving the gala in 2019 to be a little bit more glamorous and a little bit more, you know, cool and chic and fun. Mm-hmm. And we certainly made some inroads there, but we were limited by our indoor facility. We have a giant atrium in the center for performing arts, but it limits us in terms how many people we can see it and what we can do. Sound was a bit of an issue in there, et cetera. And then, of course, in 2020, we had to go virtual because of the pandemic. In 21, we did another year of virtual, but we shifted the gala to into April with an eye towards this new outdoor space. Mm-hmm. Because I always had this dream that we could have a gala outside where we can increase capacity and enjoy it under this beautiful desert sky. So last year was the first in-person again, uh, 2021, uh, 22. And we uh, had the gala at the beginning of April. Um, we had to go off campus because of construction. And we were at the Scottsdale Stadium's field house. We hired a uh, organization called Quixotic. They're like a Cirque du Soleil type set of performers. Mm-hmm. And the gala, I think everybody was there raved. It was the most glamorous and fun gala in the Valley that year. And so we figured out, okay, so this year our campus is back open. Let's do it. We'll go outside and we'll kick it up even more and make it extra glamorous. So Quixotic will be back with their Cirque performers. Mm-hmm. We we're adding a couple of other events to it. We're adding a Walter Productions um, Canal Conversion style fire show to the whole thing as an endpoint. Oh. We also have some of the performers, uh, they're uh, able to dance uh, down uh, the from the rooftop down the sidewall of the Center for Performing Arts. So there will be dance performances in midair, which we're very, very excited about. And then we're adding to this beautiful new outdoor setting some gigantic, oversized, floral, uh, large-scale public art pieces that light up. And when I say gigantic, I mean they're like, you know, bigger than a house, basically. <laughs> And uh, and so it'll transform this whole thing. The theme this year is bloom. And as such, uh, these giant blow up, light up floral, oversized bouquets outside, uh, the dancers, all the thematics, the acrobats, everything will be around this idea of flowering, blooming, etc. So uh, we felt it was a beautiful motif to be outside with. And it'll be just an absolutely fun filled night outside under the stars. I'm hooked. Is this something that uh, the public could purchase tickets to? Absolutely. It is our main fundraiser for the year. So every dollar raised goes to support 
support all the things we talked about earlier that Scottsdale Arts does, and in particular to support our various scholarships programs, uh, internship programs, supporting local artists in the growth of their careers, and supporting kids having arts education. So that's our main focus with our fundraising. And uh, you can go to our website, scottsdalearts.org. It's easy to find. Uh, the You click on Bloom or Gala, and you can buy tickets, you can buy a table, you can inquire about sponsorships and other ways in which they can support us. And there's so many elements to Scottsdale Arts. I don't want to miss any of them. Uh, tell us more um, from the Museum of Contemporary Art, The Language in Times of Miscommunication. It's a new exhibit that's opening. Yeah, so um, one of the most wonderful things about our organization is because we have all these different branches and components, oftentimes they come together. And when they come together, it makes for an even richer, deeper, bigger experience. Canal Convergence is a great example of that, right? Where now all of our organization kind of works together to create Canal Convergence. And it's not just public art, it's everything else as well. There's music, there's uh, lectures by smoker, um, uh, curators, etc. cetera. Uh, this exhibit um, is actually a bit of a fruit of that as well because it kind of bridges um, the idea of public art or temporary art installation with what Smoka already does. It's a curated set of show that um, is actually installed alongside of part portions of our building. So it becomes a very public, very large scale display. Mm-hmm. We're very excited about working with this artist. Uh, I think it's a great show for our time because, um, you know, Smoka has a history of, of speaking to uh, issues such as racial justice, um, climate change, etc., that are really uh, important to us right now. So it's not just arts for art's sake, but it's also art that is meaningful in terms of our social relevance. And this exhibit, more than most, I think, does exactly that. It challenges us to think about you know, what did we just live through? What have we survived? Uh, not just the pandemic, but also the, the social justice movement, um, the challenges we still have societal and climate wise uh, across the world. And um, and so we're always very proud when we get to get to work with artists who who can can speak to those pieces, because we feel that the arts have this extraordinary ability to bring us together around conversation. You know, oftentimes when people discuss any kind of charged issues on social media, they just sort of yell things at each other and it just hardens our perspective, oftentimes even more than we would ever dare to say in person to another person, right? Mm -hmm. And I think through the arts, we create this inviting environment where discourse is possible, where interaction is possible, where we can come around a difficult theme and actually talk in meaningful ways to one another about it, you know, because we engage through this artistic outgrowth. And I think that's that's what this show will do. And I think that's in general something that we're very interested in at Smoka to, to do. And I'm glad you touched on kind of the way that we as a society ingest media, uh, because it's very different. How are you guys evolving? And, you know, you said you're tackling these hard conversations, you're bringing things, you're not afraid to say something or to you know talk about injustices in the world but how are you guys growing and evolving with the way that just society and just media so differently and entertainment so differently you know that's a great question and and uh, i i can go back a little bit to when i started here as i'd mentioned uh arts i think has done great work as a presenting organization especially in performing arts for a very long time but many of the other components um, were probably a little underrepresented. And and when I said we lost our way a little bit, I think it was more that 
we didn't grow with a new generation of of participants, right? And right. a lot of arts organizations struggle with that. We typically have an older demographic that supported us for a long, long time, and they're still supporting us. But um, but that support is waning for obvious reasons, and and our audiences tend to dwindle for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I work with an arts organization, I want to challenge that notion a bit and say, you know, it's our job to find out how to stay relevant and to become relevant again for the next generation. It's up to us to find ways that that engage the next generation, uh, even if it's just on a sort of entertaining level. Because, you know, when arts organizations say that uh, it's hard for me to sell a ticket, I say, well, you know, Beyonce doesn't have a problem selling tickets. So <laughs> so maybe maybe some of that is on us. And yeah. I'm not suggesting we just sort of toss out everything that's harder to, to sell nowadays. I'm a classical musician myself, so I have a great love for it. And we want to make sure that endures. But maybe we need to learn how to bring a next generation along so that they enjoy that experience as much as a rock and roll show. And of course, we need to also just present other things that speak to everybody. I, I love everything from, you know, punk rock to blues, soul, jazz to classical music. So I'm interested in all of it. I don't want to hear just one thing. And so I think over these last few years, and even with the challenges of the pandemic, one of the things we've done is we've sort of questioned, okay, how do we build relationships with, you know, the 50-something-year-olds, people like me, or then the 40-something-year-olds? And, and how can we grab a new generation of supporters? Mm -hmm. um, and then also, how can we increase diversity in our organization? How can we make sure that everybody participates? Right. You know, we live in this big metro area. Scotts may not be as diverse as some parts of the valley, but but, you know, we have a huge uh, uh, Latinx community here. We have a huge Asian American community, et cetera. And we wanted to make sure that we really reach out and build bridges to to make everybody feel welcome. So I think that's become a core tenant of our work. And it's certainly a core belief of mine that the arts offer everyone and connect everybody. And we've seen as a result, a real change to the organization. We've seen maybe our average contribution level is smaller now in terms of the individual gift, but we have much more of it because there are more people participating now with us. And I think that's always a hallmark of a really good sort of foundation, a good infrastructure, right? So so we've seen tremendous growth. And I think all those pieces, the way you engage, the way you speak to challenging subjects, um, the way you build new audiences, and then also the way your support evolves and strengthens. All those things are connected. And I think we've been very fortunate with all those pieces coming together. And you as an organization, Scottsdale Arts is doing amazing work kind of maintaining with those times now. But how can we as a society foster a continual love and appreciation of the arts for the next generation, for the kids of today? I'm so glad you asked that because as I said earlier, I'm a product of that. My, uh, you know, in my, my family history, I can trace back about 600 years and in my entire family, not a single member of my family ever uh, left my hometown, my little town area or went to college in 600 years. I'm the only one. And I think it's because I, I got a guitar in my hand when I was a five year old and it changed everything. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that everybody becomes an artist, but but it imbues something in you that allows you to dream bigger and 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 appreciate a, a broader horizon, and, and it helps you grow and 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 it builds self reliance. So for me, I think arts education is absolute key. 
and, and sadly, we live in a time where most school systems have, have had to cut much of that because of funding. Mm -hmm. So that's where organizations like ours come in and where we really um, um, pick up a lot of that work as an outside entity working with these kids to make sure that they have access to it. So, so bringing people from a young age on uh, is key. And then typically, uh, the next time we see people participate with us are young professionals, right? In your late 20s, you make a few bucks, you have some disposable, you maybe you're done with the club and bar scene, or maybe not done, but you know, you're sort of looking for other things as well, <laughs> but you don't have family yet. So that's typically when people start coming to us and looking for shows or exhibits. And, and I want to encourage everybody, if you listen to this, come check us out sometime. You might be surprised. We, we, we uh, have bands and exhibits that uh, are completely tailored to your generation. And I think you, you would be very, very uh, easily able to find something that really just ticks your boxes, right? And then typically, you know, the next time we see people come to us are people in their sort of late 30s, early 40s. So maybe now you have family, but again, your career has grown and, and you have a little bit more time to spend on yourself again. Or you're looking for something, like you said, with your four-year-old to do. And again, that's where we have a lot of uh, family-friendly offerings, you know, uh, arts experiences that are for kids or for families. And often they're free um, where you can participate as well. So yeah. lastly, I think one of the key things is we do we do sell tickets and they are varying price points, but we also do a ton of stuff that doesn't cost anything or costs very little. So again, to encourage that everybody, uh, no matter your background, uh, everybody has a chance to participate. Mm, a little something for everybody too. Yeah. Yeah. And on a more personal note, what is it that keeps you going every day? I love your story and I love just hearing these little bits and pieces of it, but what keeps you, what is the best part about your job that keeps you coming in day after day? So there, there are a couple of things. First of all, it, this is my job is never boring, right? There is, I think there no day is the same as the last day. I feel like I'm plugged into a, a, an outlet most of the time, right? I feel so charged because um, it, it's a it's a plethora of things I get to do, and it's very exciting. I have an incredible team of about 180 or so coworkers that I just love and adore, and they do fabulous work. So I feel very responsible for them and try to make sure we take good care of them. For instance, we I think one of the few, if not the only nonprofit in the state that never laid off a single staff member during the pandemic, something we were very committed to and very proud of. We, we got ourselves in good financial shape and then we invested back into our workforce. So, so being responsible for my team, my family, really, my Scottsdale Arts family is, is really something that drives me. And then, as I said, I, I'm a, a, a I'm ambitious and restless soul, so I want to keep growing. This uh, new Civic Center campus is the first big step. We now have two new construction projects already in front of the city. We raised a few million bucks for, for them as well. And we're hoping to start building a high, really high-quality small theater uh, uh, starting later this year to open in fall of 24. So that's the next big exciting step for us. And then after that, we have a, I have a 15-year vision laid out of building, simply put, the finest arts campus in the Southwest. So that idea, this vision, this this you know, dreaming big, pushing things forward, that certainly is what keeps me engaged and keeps me excited about my job. And then lastly, perhaps most importantly, though, um, I try every day to remind myself why we're doing all this in the first place. It only has meaning if we present first-level experiences. So 
every week I try to spend a few minutes in the museum to to reconnect to the exhibits we're we're having. I uh, go to shows every week uh, whenever I can uh, to see you know how people react to what we present. Um, and you know, for me, all those bits and pieces are just incredibly important. Shouldn't we all feel plugged in every day by our jobs? I think that's an amazing place to be. Yeah, exactly. And and look, don't get me wrong; it's not that they're you know there are sucky parts of this job too. Right? There certainly are uh, big challenges sometimes, and and uh, and it's pretty relentless. You know, I work kind of crazy hours and. Um, and that's just sort of part of it. And, and you know, you have your fair share of, of uh, things that are not exactly fun and games. But uh, again, I feel we've gotten ourselves in such good shape and we have such a robust platform now and it's a, such an amazing team that it really just is an exciting place to be. One thing I should point out is this is something we nonprofit people don't always talk about, but uh, it's a critical part of the success and that is our board and advisory committees. So again, when I started, um, we had lost some traction with our board members, et cetera, and we sort of uh, set out to rebuild our board. We now Our board is now 28 members strong, 28 trustees, and it is absolutely, um, absolutely fabulous. And um, every single member of the board um, is committed with uh, resources and time and energy, pulls 100% in the same direction, and supports our efforts and plans wholeheartedly. It's a pretty fabulous thing. Mm -hmm. It's just extraordinary and um, not something you take for granted in the nonprofit sector. It's a pretty rare treat that we have such an incredibly united uh, board and that it is so incredibly um, supportive of everything we do. Gerd, thank you so much for being here. The Desert Man and uh, Scottsdale Arts, where can someone learn more or, or get involved? Great starting point for, for everybody is our website. You can go to scottsdalearts.org and then you'll see, you can learn about every branch. But if you go to the uh, lead scottsdalearts.org, you can go from there and explore everything we have to offer. There's an integrated calendar that tells you about all the events that are going on, everything from any kind of workshops, engagement classes, exhibits, uh, big festivals, outdoor events, to our shows in the center, everything in one place. So that's an easy way to get in touch. Um, we love for people to volunteer and help us out in that way. We have so many opportunities. Of course, we love to get donations and gifts from folks. And most importantly, we love when people decide to give us a try and become engaged. So scottsillarts.org. Um, I'm also easy to find on there. I'm, I'm always accessible. I love to hear from people, the good, bad, and indifferent. Because, you know, if, if somebody loves what we do, we love to know that. If somebody doesn't love what we do or has a problem with anything we do, we want to hear that too so we can address it and fix it. All right. ScottsdaleArt.org, arts.org. And thank you for being on The Valley Now. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure talking to you. All right. I want to give a very special thank you to my guests today. And I want to thank you for being a part of the program and making our community an amazing place, not just to live and to work, but most importantly, to play. You can hear The Valley Now on the radio with audio on demand on radio station websites and the Odyssey app. My name is Jordan Moreno. Shine your light, share your love, and join us again next week right here on The Valley Now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.